Hello, comedy nerds. I'm Masabi Greer. And I'm Mike George. Today on Comedy Anatomy, we have the very funny Mark Theobald. Mark's a great comic, but also a very successful writer. He's currently a writer-producer on Tracy Morgan's The Last OG and brings a different perspective to the game of comedy. And he's done it all while staying true to his Brooklyn roots. Now enjoy our conversation with Mark Theobald. Mark Theobald, thank you for being on Comedy Anatomy today. Yeah, thank you. And I, and I guess we, we, we're going to start, too, uh, with you before comedy. Yeah. A young Mark Theobald, what was he doing? What was he doing before he got into comedy? A sales rep. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. Oh, real? So you, you started later. I actually, before I even graduated, I think I hit my first stage before I graduated and then graduated. But then I kind of went away from it. And uh, I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And... I decided to come back to uh, comedy, man. I was just like, I couldn't stay away from it. So I, uh, part of the reason I came back to was uh, just, I'd want to be on stage, but also I started off with Tracy Morgan at Uptown Comedy Club. I got to, I saw him on Saturday Night Live and I was like, I know that guy. I was like, <laughs> I know that dude. <laughs> I would tell people like, I, I used to do comedy with that. Yes, sure you did. I'm like, no, really? I did. <laughs> so it was like one of those things. I was like, you know what? I was like, that's a sign. I got to go back. So I started going back. So were you a New York guy? You were from New York? From Brooklyn, New York. And uh, always been a fan of stand-up comedy. When you first got into it, what were your, what was your goal? I mean, you were working as a pharmaceutical rep at the time. I mean, I mean, what were you looking to get out of comedy when you, when you started? I just wanted to be a stand-up comic. I, you know, I wanted to be like those guys on TV. I don't, I didn't, I don't think I really knew what that meant, but I was just like, I just want to do stand-up like those guys and just, you know, just be on TV or whatever and just make people laugh. I just, uh, I think my father took me to a comedy club and his, somebody he worked with was doing an open mic and I watched it and my father was like, what'd you think? And I was like, not bad, but I could do better. And he was like, you've never ever touched this. How do you know? How is that even possible? And I just knew, and I was just like, I'm telling you, I could do better than that. And I, he was just like, you're, you're insane. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll show you. And I just started doing it and that was, that was it. Um, and how long were you before you were full-time took me a minute I was doing I was doing the pharmaceutical thing uh part-time so I was doing it like three or four times a week and I really started making money I was like doing colleges and everything like that and it came to a head and I remember my manager at the time or gosh I can't remember his name but he called me in the office and I just knew I've been fired from many jobs. So I was like, oh, here he comes. He's going to fire me. Because right, I hadn't been to work for three months. I was making so much money doing colleges. I had a college agent. I was, I was between that and the pharmaceuticals. I was making like, good money. So I was right. like, I haven't been to work in three months. I haven't seen a doctor. So I'm like, this guy is going to fire the hell out of me. He brings me in the office like, Mark, I want to talk to you. And I was like, all right, no, I know. And in my mind, I was like, I'm just going to get fired. I'll get unemployment and make this college. I'll be making a bunch of money. So I'm good. And he said, look, I just want to let you know, you are the top sales rep on the East Coast. And I'm going to gave me a check for a couple grand. And it was like, I want to give I want you to give a speech to all the other sales reps to let them know what you do. And I just was <laughs> like, just like, what? And I felt, I felt so guilty from the fact that I didn't work and I'm getting this check and then he wants me to give a speech. And I was, I felt, I ended up quitting like a month later. I was just like, man, I can't do this. I got to, I got to go full-time in this comedy thing. And I just decided to go, I took the check and I, I just went full-time. Man, uh, how is that possible? You weren't there for three months and you're the highest know, paid rep. Were you selling know, Viagra but, but or something? You know or it they... was, I took the hardest and I understood, take the hardest 
territory there is, which was Brooklyn. And I'm from Brooklyn. So I was like, yo, give me Brooklyn. Okay? Nobody else wanted it. I was like, I'll take it. So the numbers are low. And then what I also learned, came to find out was that so many, I, I would tell my doctors, yo, I do a comedy on the side. Doctors were fans of that. They were like, dude, oh, that's awesome. It's like, dude, I'll write for you. Don't even worry about it. I mean, there was doctors. I've never seen them. They were like, this guy's your biggest writer. I was like, I don't even see him. I saw him once. <laughs> but he, was like, he liked me so much. He was like, dude, I'll write for you. Don't even worry about it. I remember coming into an office once with my manager. And the doctor was, I haven't seen him in two, three months. And the doctor looks at me and he looks at my manager. He goes, Mark's here every week. And he just winked at me. I was like, hey, you. <laughs> so, I was like yes. so I just had fans, man. So they were just really wow, cool. Wow, man. Who would, uh, what a way comedy comedy can help you, man. I, I know. That. That, that way comedy actually did help me. It pushed me to go full-time. Plus, I had people like Donnell Rollins in my ear like, you can't be part-time comic. You got to go full-time, son. What are you doing, son? I was like, all right, all right. So, I know we had that conversation, too, about part-time comedy. Do you no, think he couldn't stand it. Donnell couldn't yeah. stand it. He was back. And I used to roll with Donnell. He's like, yo, you still got a job? Come on, you're not committed. You're one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> you think part-time comedy is possible today, though? Anything's so you- possible. The thing I will say with with, uh, with what Donnell said, which is true, when you only have comedy and you got nothing else to lean back on, you're going you're gonna to hustle. Because <laughs> I remember after I quit, I had three rooms that I hosted. I had colleges. I was, man, I was doing everything. Mm-hmm. You name it. I, mm-hmm. I, I was really hustling harder than I was when I had the uh, pharmaceutical. You think having that, I don't know if it's a crutch. I was going to say crutch is a job, but something that you can fall back on, I guess yeah. a crutch. I think, I think initially you do. Until, you know, I didn't, I didn't take that leap until I, I was making enough money with the colleges. I could make the leap. You know, right. I, but I was just, I was always still like, Man, but what if it runs out? And then I got the I got this solid little part-time gig over here. I'm getting checks for no reason. I'm like, this is awesome. But then I was like, you know what? I gotta take that leap of faith and go, hey, maybe it will run out, but that's gonna make me hustle more to get to find checks somewhere else. So, you know, I, I think that you gotta for every individual is different. You gotta make a decision for yourself. Uh, that would be my advice to any young comic. Uh, but I always tell comics, they say, Can you work it? Yeah, you can. I did it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Just work at the same time. Work, work, and then when you feel it, you'll know for yourself when it's right and do it you know what i'm saying right so right now jumping way ahead we'll go Uh, back but right now you're working on the last og with tracy morgan right right absolutely and that is how how did you land that gig after i quit the pharmaceutical (laughs) i started uh i was like i became that hustle i was in that hustle mode i was doing so i was doing colleges i was uh hosting like three rooms i had my own room i had i had i had the chitlin circuit room i had the boston comedy club i was doing i was doing all these things and uh my friend dean edwards got snl so i was like i always wanted to write that's something that i attempted to write a script uh before i even touched the stage um so this is before i even thought about being a comic i always i attempted to write a script so i was like i knew at some point i was gonna write i just didn't know when um but uh Dean was like, yo, I got Saturday Live. I was like, dude, oh, I'd love to write some some sketches. So he's like, yeah, come on up. So I used to go up to Saturday Live, me and Todd Lynn. And on Sunday nights, the week before, the Mondays, the the guest star would come in and they'd start writing. So what we would do was we'd start writing sketches on Sunday for the next week so we could get a jump on it. And as anybody will tell you, SNL, that freaking is hard as hell to get us it's hard as hell for you to be get a sketch on if you're up there right so imagine us not even being part of that family trying to go hey here you go we just we just give it to dean and be like well maybe something i don't know i mean i did it for like two years and literally got one sketch on but i was so happy about that one sketch it was like awesome in me doing that 
uh, Tracy would come by and Tracy just walked by the room and be like, Mark, what you doing up here? I'm like, oh, what's going on, Tracy? I haven't seen him since Uptown. It was kind of, what you doing? You writing up here? I was like, yeah, I'm just writing for D. So you writing for free? I was like, yeah. He's like, nice. He's like, okay. And he was just going along and whatever. And then something popped up for Tracy. He's like, yo, Comedy Central just hit me up. They want me to do a special, man. You and Todd, I see y'all hustling. Why don't y'all come write this special with me? So I was like, and I'll pay you. So I was like, yeah, all right. That sounds good to me. So I started, uh, that's what I, my relationship with Tracy started. And I ended up co-writing three different specials with him. Um, and I think on the third one, after he finished 30 Rock, we, me and him went our separate ways for a while, a long time. He did 30 Rock. I was doing other things. I was doing stand-up. I was... And, and you name it, I was doing it. And I saw him at the time, I think I was doing cruise ships. <laughs> and uh, I, I got off the ship and I saw him at Carolina. I said, let me say what's up to Trey. Say what's up to him. This is when he was ending 30 Rock. He's like, yo, Mark, I'm about to do another special. You still got you still got jokes? I said, I always got jokes. He said, let's go on tour. Let's, let's do another special. So he's like, all right, let's do this. And as we were doing a special, uh, I think a producer from STX, Bob Simons, called him and said, yo, uh, you got any movie ideas? She said, Mark, you got the movie ideas. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Because after Saturday Live, I took some writing courses. Uh, NYU, I applied to NBC, Diversity. I, I did a, a bunch of stuff in terms of writing. So I was just looking for my opportunity. So when the producer said, you got any ideas? I was like, heck yeah, I do. And I, it was a script I was working on in class. I pitched it, but also I knew from class, they said, if you ever get a pitch meet, always have a, a few ideas on hold. So I pitched the idea that I wrote, but then I had these two other ideas I just came up with literally the day before. And one of those ideas, the guy liked. He was like, yo, I like that. And I was like, Really? He was like, yeah. So it's like, okay. He said, I want to meet with you. So I met with him. I ended up pitching him that idea, but he ended up pitching me another idea that he already had. And I think this was his plan all, all together. It was, he had a movie that he had with Eddie Murphy and he wanted Tracy in it. He said, but Mark, I need somebody to rewrite it. So he pitched me the movie and I was like, he said, you think you could rewrite it? And I was like, yeah. I said, I, absolutely. And I pitched him my ideas of what I thought the movie should have been. And he was like, all right, we're in business. I want you to write this movie for Tracy and Eddie. And that was my first writing game. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's amazing. But you know what? You really created that opportunity. I mean, that opportunity obviously was presented to you on some level, but all that hustle, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tell I tell young writers this all the time. I said, dude, you just got to hustle for free. You know, I mean, uh, um, and I give credit to the teachers I've had to, uh, in terms of at NYU. I, mean, I used to take this, this class is, Masabi, you know what a Boston and NYU is right there. I would, I would take a class and end at 930, then go do a spot at the Boston. So it was like, it was perfect. I had no idea you were doing that all this time, man. Yeah, like yes, all that time. It was perfect. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I was right there. And it's like, and you know, I'm not taking the classes that these undergrads are taking. These are like special specialty classes. The guy who was my teacher, uh, Michael Zam, he years later, you know, I, I kept in contact with him on. He ended up getting a, an Emmy nomination, man. So I was like, he's a great writer. So I was just like, yeah. I'm learning from this guy. My class is like six people, small class, intimate. So you got you got attention, which was great. And one of the things he always said, he said, you gotta find somebody to be in your script like a star or some or actor or something i'm sitting there i'm like man where am i gonna find an actor to be in my skin i used to sit 
Like you literally be sitting down at the cellar, all these people walking by me like, I can't think of nobody. And I'm like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking comics. I was thinking actors. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm surrounded. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to just hustle. And I just started hustling with Dean and, and it led me to Tracy, you know? So, um, wow, man. We've been working ever since, but it's, you know, that's just how it is. Oh, that's great to know, Mark, because in the business, I think everybody was so focused on standup being great standouts they never really considered writing yeah uh, no i think i think it lends itself to stand up you know what i'm saying it 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 does it's just it's just you just have to transfer it it's 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 a, you got to translate that language it's a structure it's like learning a, a whole new language like you're learning spanish or something it's 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 similar but it's not the same but and right. i tell people that but it's in at the end of the day it's storytelling i mean if you could tell a story you, you could write a script you just got to learn Right. And two, more, the more successful that. you are as a writer, too, Mark, uh, do you find yourself uh, less wanting to be on stage? No, I still I still it feeds me, man. I love the stage gets me to be creative and it gets me thinking fast. You know, that's the thing about the stage that you just can't get from writing is the immediate reaction of the crowd. So mm -hmm. I know exactly if it's, if it, you know, when you're on stage, you know if a joke works or not. And right. that works in terms of writing, because like, uh, for instance, on the last OG, it's one thing to write in a room, you're writing in a kind of in a bubble and you think it works, it might work or whatever. But when I get on set and you're, you're on set and you're, I'm there with Tracy and the actors and the stuff like that, I'm like, I'm seeing it live. And I could tell just from my, my muscle of being stand-up, I know if it works. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's funny. Right. Or I could just, and if I got a joke and I go, I'll pitch it to the people that are on the set. I'm like, we should think about this. They start laughing. I'm like, yeah, that works. So I'm like, and, it's, <laughs> and I just know it's, it's, it's instantaneous. So I just know how that, that works. How much uh, improv is there on the last OG? Is it loose? We don't necessarily improv, but I, gosh, I, I, I don't even know how to say percentage wise, cause we do incorporate improvs. We have, you know, Tracy will be off the cuff of what he says anyway, but we want to keep the spirit of what the scene is and what we're driving for. So we're trying to always make sure that's the focus. So we don't get off, off rails on that, but we got people on a show that are great improvers like uh, Ryan. Uh, he's, he comes from improv. That's his thing. So it's right. like, I know, and that's one of the things in writing that you got you have to know. You have to know the people you're working with, what their right. strengths are. And, their and sorry, you're talking about Ryan um Gall. Ryan, Ryan Gall. So he he I know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like for Ryan, I know it's like it's easy. Sometimes it's like, okay, Ryan will just play with this. I know, go ahead and you just be like, Mark, I thought I thought of something. Yeah, go ahead, try it. Let's do it. Let's you know what I'm saying? Let's let's go with it. Same thing with Tracy. I'm like, Trey, as long as it's it's fitting for what we need uh for the scene, we could do it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it depends on it really depends on the actor. I, I could put it that way. It depends on the actor. But everybody usually checks in with us to make sure it's, it's right. Like, yo, can we do, you mind if we do this? All right, all right let's, let's get it the straight way we got it first written, and then let's try it this way. How yeah. important is patience over the years? Um, obviously, you're having a lot of success, but from all the comics we've interviewed, especially if they've been around a while, there's huge ebbs and flows of oh, yeah. in a career. Yeah, man. It was, it's, it was, uh, it's, it was, uh, frustrating for me because I just didn't know how to get in. Sometimes you just got to find your own circus. Like for stand-up, it's like, just go to a club. You're like, oh, okay, I, I know how to get in. It's a club. But writing, it's like, where, where's the club? I don't know, the, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, the only right. club I know is writing. So that was it. I just would write. And the only thing I could do was I, I formed writing groups with other writers that I had in the class. Oh, uh, one of the writers I met in the class, he, uh, me and him were in the same class for like, three in a row at NYU. So we just like, well, we just write together. We doing it anyway in these damn classes and we paying all this money. We could do it for free 
by ourselves. And we started doing that. And uh, to this day, we still bounce off each other. You know what I'm saying? He's in LA, he got a deal and uh, he's writing and I'm writing in New York. So we still, wow, we still man. will be like, yo, check this script out, man. What do you think about this? Would, you know, so we still, we still communicate. I mean, you got to form your own communities with writing. So it's a little different than stand up in terms of that. So that's the, that's the frustrating part. It's, I didn't know how to get in because everybody was like, you got to be a writer's assistant or you got to apply to these programs. I applied to these diversity programs and didn't get in. And I was just like, man, I don't know how else to get in. It's like, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's hard as a writer. Hmm? Yeah, a lot of comics would say it always seems like a secret society. No, no, no it does. It, it, I, yeah. I agree with that, man, because writing is, is tough. And I, I, as soon as I got in, I asked every writer in the room, how'd you get in? Well, I wanted to know. <laughs> I, wanted, I was like, I know how I got in. I got it because of Tracy. Well, how did y'all get in? And it was, uh, uh, it was very diverse answers, man. It was, it was a lot of different answers. Uh, writers' assistants, uh, people who wrote books that got optioned and just decided, you know what, I, I'm gonna write it. Since I'm not gonna leave it in another screenwriter's right. hands. I'm gonna learn how to write screenwriting and write my own book into a screenplay. So uh, it was, it was that. It was, it was a bunch of different ways that people got in. I just, you know, so I got angry. in. I, I met guys who were like me, who who were friends with stars. Who were like, yo, I know we could write. Let them write. And uh, so it was like one of those. So it, it was it was challenging, man. It was really challenging. I know Tracy's first show that he had on NBC. There wasn't there wasn't one black writer, and I was I just it just bothered me that that's like how do you have the blackest comic I know right. <laughs> with and no I, black I, writer? I don't understand how you can do that and think that you're going to succeed. I don't understand how you're going to do that. So it just made it just made it it, it fueled my fire that I was like I know. If yeah, I there's more black it. writers out there, right? I mean, yeah, and I know there is because yeah. I met them. And so I was like, you got, and you know, people kept going, well, I don't know where they are. You're not looking for them because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where they are. So I, I, I didn't buy that. I think now we're getting, the, the tide is changing some. So we get more opportunities, which is great. And you get more yeah. different voices, man. And it, it, and it yeah. opens the stories. Did you not also find, I mean, from people I've talked to in writers rooms, they're so nervous. They think, well, I finally got in and now it's going to be these incredible writers. And, you know, I'm not trying to talk disparagingly about anybody, but sometimes there's great people, but also it's relationships. It's who, you know, it's putting your time in and. Absolutely. It's absolutely. It's a lot of relationships. It's a lot of, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, and it's, you know, I was always taught that you got to know the world you're writing. And sometimes I found people that were in the room that had no idea what we're, I mean, we're writing about Tracy Morgan and Alas OG in New York. And I'm in LA with a bunch of LA writers. And when I first came in the room, it was mostly white guys. And I was like, so you guys know about New York? And then when you sit and talk to them, you're like, nah, you don't. <laughs> you, don't. <laughs> you don't know anything about New York. <laughs> so well, you're much. from Minnesota. Yeah, so I'm like, how did you? I'm, I'm sitting there going, this doesn't make any sense, you know. And that's that's part of the issues that we uh, we had in, in the show, in terms of the show. But it's that's what that's what this game is, man. People hire who they know, right? Yeah, like you know, the yeah. producers of the show. I know this guy. He worked with another show, so I'm gonna plug him in here. But right. this show isn't about L.A. It's about New York and a specific dude from New York that is straight up from the projects. 
So you right. got to get that voice. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that's the challenge. Where do you guys uh, shoot? You shoot in New York, though, right? We shoot in New York. We, run, we yeah. write in L.A. We used to write in L.A. and then shoot in New York. So that was the thing. And I, I think Tracy learned. He was like, OK, I know how this works because he's been in the game long enough. He's like, Mark, I want you in the room, but I want you on set also because he, he <laughs> knows the changes are coming and I need changes. And that's that. And he, that was a wise move on his part. That's great. Because it just, I was able to translate the language into what Tracy needed and uh, into it, New York because I'm from Brooklyn. So it was, it was easy for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it, yeah. You, you guys to go back a little bit, Mark, too. You started at the Uptown Comedy Club. Yeah. I mean, I mean that was a rough room, right? I mean, coming up, that was. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Monteria Ivy, man. That was, a, yeah. that, was the, that was the room where the, the comics used to heckle you, which was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, why are you adding to the fuel? Like, That's what we do up here. <laughs> no, I got heckled my first time by a comic. I mean, no, it, it really strengthened your chops, man. I remember. Going, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. You had to go hard. So, I mean, that, that sort of prepared you for the future. I mean. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The whole, yeah. I mean, the whole stand up thing, I think you got to be quick to the joke, something that we do. And, and our our show is not even that broad. Ours is more grounded, so we don't have as many jokes to say. Like, let's say a multicam. Multicam is even quicker. Right. But I, from everybody I've talked to and just been in this business, guys who do multicams, they like comics because they're fast and they know. Mm -hmm. Not only are they fast, they know they're not going to say something they don't. They don't think it's going to hit because they know they've been on stage. So it's kind of like yeah. I can't say something that's whack because this guy know they're going to laugh at me because that's that, that's. That's the stage training. I just had that conversation with, with a guy the other day. He was just like, I like comics, man, for multicams because they're fast. And he, but he was a comic too. It was like, I was like, you a comic too. He's like, yeah, I know. But he said, I'm like, y'all biased. <laughs> but I said, I know, I saw a biased. So it's the same with me. I, I I look at comics that way as well. Mark, where are you based now? Are you in LA? Uh, Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm still oh, you're Brooklyn. back in you're back in New York. Yeah. So I used to I used to fly out to LA, write, and then come back to New York to shoot. Oh, so you never from. lived in LA. You never lived never, in LA. Never lived in LA. Never Good did. for you, Mark. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised <laughs> how, I'll say business focused. You sound like you hustle, you know yeah. what needs to yeah. get done, that you were able to do that and not get sucked in by the pull of Los Angeles. Yeah, I know. It's it's weird. Uh, you know, my wife and I have that conversation all the time about going out there. And it's like, yeah, I, I feel that. It's more work. I like I like New York and I like the fact that I'm from New York because my voice is different than the other writers. And mm -hmm. I, I used to I used to be like, I got to get to L.A. But then I started going. And Tracy said this to me years ago. He said, I hate L.A. It's like, it's like, because everybody's the same and I don't like it. So he came back to New York and I was like, I don't understand what he's talking about. But then I started writing out there and I was like, I starting to see what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, you know, I'm a big Spike Lee fan. He's the, he's the guy that maybe want to write. And I see how different his voice is from everybody else. And that's because he doesn't go out. He's like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'm not, I'm, no, because then you're going to want me to write a certain way. And I'm going to have this unique voice that's different. And I, I like that. Be able to sustain that and keep it going. I mean, yeah, that, no, I don't, I don't know. Is... I don't know how long I can keep it going from New York. Uh, Cause I know, but you now think... it's Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> It's changed. It's changed. <laughs> well, now everyone in LA is moving. We did our whole last season, season four. We did it on Zoom, my first Zoom room, and it oh, was really? uh, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, so we had to do by West Coast time, and it's it's, it's it was weird because everybody just staring at each other. But you know, you don't yeah. have those side conversations that you have in a writer's room. But it, it we it was productive. I think we got a lot done. So yeah, so this is a personal question. SNL, 
Yeah. Right. That is the holy grail, the culture of comedy for so many people. Right. And being up there, even though you weren't working there, did you see, did you go to a lot of the tapings? Did you see things? Yeah, I, I went to, I would, I would go through the, the run through, the dress through rehearsals. And it's, it's, it's very competitive. Now you got to remember, there's a bunch of cast members. Then you got a bunch of writers trying to get this stuff on. So everybody is just competing. And I think Lauren, Lauren does that on purpose just to make the show tighter is to make make it competitive you know what I'm saying so you're competing with this person and it's a very competitive show from what I what I saw and what I witnessed it's just to the point where people won't laugh if they it's not a sketch they didn't write so they wouldn't laugh which I was I thought that's so petty but you know it is what it is wow. you know what I'm you try to get your sketch on so I watched that show and I think they must just be laughing all day you know I work in the industry uh, for a long time but you you picture this community of fun people and it's just yeah I, I think that's that's the same thing I think everybody could, and, I, and I think to a good degree it is but at the end of the day it becomes so competitive that I think it's 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 kind of you kind of lose that and you just get yo I gotta get my sketch on, I gotta get my what am I gonna do I gotta get right. my sketch so it's just trying to get a sketch on so it's just you can see the frustration sometimes. So you, you know didn't want to pursue that as a as an avenue after a while? Were you ever I want to write for this show? I I I I submitted a package for them uh, a couple of years ago and I, I got rejected maybe after Tracy had the accident. So this was a couple of years mm -hmm. right right before I started on Less OG. I, I submitted a package and I was I know how tough it was and I was just like yeah screw it. it's here it's in New York I'm here so let me do it. And I like I, another thing I used to do which I they need, I, I used to tell submit, you this they need more black writers on that show. They did and and at the time. Yeah. I think Leslie was on there and Jay Farrell. So I used to, I used to, when I was on cruise ships, I would send in sketches to Leslie. Just be like, yo, Les, here's a sketch. She, if you want it, it'll take it. And she'd be like, no, I like this one. So I'll hand it up. So it's like, okay, good, put it in. If it gets in, it gets in. But I, you know, my whole thing was to hustle and to show Leslie I could write. You know, that was my whole mm -hmm. thing. So she liked it. So I'm like, all right, so I, I sent her stuff. So after that, I got confidence. I was like, yeah, let me send in a package. I sent in a package, but uh, I didn't get in. You know, at, at, at this point, man, I don't even want to, at this point, write on a show. I think that doesn't even matter, right? Right. Not not now. I think when I was younger, it was like more of a badge of honor. Like, yo, said a lot. But once you see what it is and you, you're like, okay. Because half of them people leave there and they end up writing on shows like I'm doing. So I'm like, what's the point of going back? <laughs> right, right, right. right. Now I'm, like, I'm like, I'm here. Do you think there's real, real seriously still heavy bias? I mean, like when you think about writers in the industry, it should be more black writers in the business. I don't understand why it's not. Or I, I think it's always going to have your inherent bias because people are just people are just human. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I've had I've had and I always say this. I had a producer once, not even a producer. I think it was one of the head writers or something once tell me that I pitched a joke for for whatever show it was. And the guy said, <laughs> The guy said, no, nah, Mark, that's not going to work for the people in Oklahoma. And what he, what he basically saying in synopsis is, I got to make sure this works for the white people in Oklahoma that they laugh too at this joke, because I don't know if they're going to laugh at this joke because it's a black person saying it. And what he didn't know was me and Tracy had just came from Oklahoma. So I'm sitting there laughing. <laughs> oh and he's like, what are you laughing at? I was like, you don't even get it, dude. I, we literally have done right. 2,000 people in Oklahoma. <laughs> So I know this will work. <laughs> and I think that is the mindset, though. The mindset is kind of like, are Midwest people going to laugh at this? Are they white people going to laugh? 
at this black dude that's from the project. And I'm like, dude, have you seen him on Conan? Have you seen Tracy on every talk show he does? The dude, lifts, he lights it up. Yeah. And he lights it up being himself. He doesn't light it up trying to cater to the people in Oklahoma. He just, he's him. And I said, and that's what they love about him. And that's what I think the big misunderstanding is. It's like, you just gotta be yourself. Absolutely. And that's it. But his, I understood what his point was. His point was, to, oh, are white people in the Midwest gonna laugh at this? He's like, dude, we tour every year. We but do you're the writer. Best. You're <laughs> the writer. thing too we is literally do. We've done Oklahoma. I'm not even. Right. We right. literally just did Oklahoma. So it's like the the town you're doing. I guarantee you, the guy that was talking to me never performed in Oklahoma. I know that for a fact because he's not a performer. But I'm like, I don't even know he's been to Oklahoma. But I was like, we've been there for two thousand, three thousand people and had them dying and it was a majority white crowd. So right. I know this is going to work. Right. And, and and you're already watching The Last OG. It's and not like you're trying to get right. people so, who don't like Tracy, I, don't understand. But yeah. it's just a, it's just a, it, and sometimes it takes a minute for people to get that. And yeah, it's, right. I, every situation I go into, it's, it's always to say, I go, okay, here we go. We just got to prove ourselves. <laughs> we got to slowly. <laughs> and every, every time it's always the same. I'm used to it at this point. I just laugh. You I, have a good attitude about it. I can't because sometimes I just go, Sometimes I don't even think it's on purpose, though. I just think it's what they've been taught. And they just go, oh, well, what's the numbers? The Midwest and the, you know, they're getting fed all these things. And I'm like, dude, funny's funny. Right. And that's, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I learned from doing stand-up. It don't care. It's just funny. Whatever's funny, that's funny. That's it. <laughs> Ain't no color on it. It's funny. It's just I funny. mean, yeah, the Last OG is a very universal show. It's 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 a Black show, but it's, a, it's universal. It's like everybody can laugh at it. One of the, my favorite scenes ever is when it's in season one and Tracy comes out of the cab and these two hard looking dudes leaning against oh, yeah, the fence. Yeah, yeah. That I was crying, dude. I I, I don't laugh. He, I mean, Jordan Peele wrote the first that that pilot episode. That was Jordan. Right? He, <laughs> he really. Set the tone, they man. said brunch like, bitches and the whole yes, thing. And then Tracy boy. froze. Tracy freezes like a statue. I mean, there's tons of funny shit. I'm not saying yeah, there aren't. No, that 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 epitomized this dude coming out of prison. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious, man. It's so, hilarious. Yeah. So, do you do you how do you balance uh, writing and stand up, or do you even have to? Because I mean, other times where you're you're writing so much, you think, shit, I miss the stage, or vice versa, where you're on stage and or you're yeah. touring and you're missing out on writing gigs. How do you balance that? I try to I try to balance it. Like when we're writing on the show, I just focus on the show. For the most part, unless I'm in LA, if I'm in LA, then I'm away from my family because I got a son that's, that's nine years old and my wife. If I'm in LA, I'll get on stage because I'm by myself. I got time so I could I could write and get on stage. Like in New York where I'm Zooming, I, well, we couldn't during this pandemic anyway. But once we're shooting, man, it's impossible for me to get on stage because I'm just so focused on the show. So mm. I try to stay away from that. We're doing 12, 15 hour days. It's like you're tired and on the weekends you want to rest. Sometimes you can't, you got to write, you got to look at scripts. So it's like, I just focus on, on the show at that point. But once we finish, usually Tracy sets it up. So as soon as we finish shooting, we go on tour. And once I get on tour, I kind of relax because it's easier. It's just writing jokes. And it's it, and then in that, once I start getting revved up to writing jokes for Trey, I'll, I'll start writing another project or coming up with at least the idea of wow. another project that I could write. So it, it feeds, that's why I said it just feeds me in terms of, creativity so it's like i like the stand-up because it gets me going so it's like oh yeah let me think of another idea okay here's a show idea okay let's think about this and pitch it and see if we can pitch ideas i'll pitch it to tracy or whoever are you naturally 
so driven, you know, it sounds like you got a lot of energy. You see a lot of positivity yeah. out there, well, I, you opportunity, uh, you hustle. How, how do you do that? I, man, I, I, I just watched other people do it, man. What I you used drinking, to, Mark? What you drinking, brother? Nothing. I just, I just try to, I try to say, yo, dude, I used to think I'm a hustler, but then I watched Gina Yashere, man. She puts oh, me to shame. Oh. She's good gracious. She shot two specials herself, produced them, shot them herself, then sold them to Showtime and Netflix. And I was like, God damn. <laughs> so she wow. owns the stuff that's on Netflix. Netflix don't even own that. That's, that's, a great, that's a great special. Did she shot that? Yes, she shot that. I didn't know that. I, I was watching a podcast. It was a podcast like this. And I was like, get the hell out of here. I was like, she's been hustling since I'd known her. I met her wow. in England and she was hustling out there. And then she was just like, I can't get a, I can't get to, to a certain point in England. So she just came here and started hustling. Same idea. And wow. just was like. She is funny, like, man. Yeah. She is funny. And it, and yeah. now she's shoot, she got her own show. She's created, she got it created by credit on Bob uh, Hart Abishola, which is a, a fascinating story too in itself. I was like, man, I thought I was hustling. She hustles. You, you really made clear the importance of uh, hustle, but also relationships. Yeah, you know, even when you were talking about, oh man, where do I find an actor? I, right. And then, you know, all these famous people are nodding <laughs> at you, walking by in the cell. You're like, hey, look, I'm a little busy. I'm trying to think about it. <laughs> But, but, but it's just it, it put the work in, man. I think, I think if people see you hustling, they, yeah. they appreciate that, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, um, I tell writers that all the time. I say, you are, you're a quiet hustler, though, Mark. You, you never, you never like in our industry, in our circle, people are always bragging about shit they're doing. It was always right. like, oh, yeah, I got this going on. I'm blah, blah. no, you were just working. You were just working. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't know how you brag about, hey, I'm writing this script that nobody's reading. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, you'll be hearing about it soon. You'll be hearing about it. You'll be hearing about it in the trades. Come on, man. You know how many, you know how many comics we knew in a circle around oh, the days. I know, I know. You know, I mean. I want to brag, but I, I, you know, I've never, I've never been that type of dude. So I was just like, I just go do the work and then. Let's see if yeah. something happens. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. that's, that's been my motto. So, so it's kind of hard. It's, but when uh, you are touring with Tracy, you're are you performing as well? Yeah, you just perform. writing. And so I, I write my own material, and then I then I watch Trey, and then we usually have me and another writer, Jeff Stilson. So we will sit there and punch his stuff up, and uh, hopefully get a special, another special. I mean, right now we're trying to work a, a special for uh, HBO. Uh, or Warner, is it Warner now? It's Warner Media. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Uh, Warner. Well, they're yeah. selling it, right? HBO yeah, Max. Yeah. Warner is now selling it to Discovery. Yeah, it's I'm campaigning it's for you, Mark, to have your own special now. Well, man. how do you write, man? Your stand-up. How do you do? You write on stage. I mean, you're a writer, writer. So do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sit there. I'll sit there most of the time. I'll sit and write uh, ideas. But then I, there's times I write on stage as well. So I'll just be like, oh, that's a good idea. Wait a minute. Let me, and I'll write it down afterwards and be like, okay, let me expound on it and uh, let me see if I can explore this this realm and see what's going on. And no, it's true. It's just going to spur the moment. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, uh, it's just, I, I remember, uh, I think it was the Olympics. We was on tour. It was the first black girl. We was watching it. Me and Tracy love track and field. So we watched the first black girl win the uh yeah, the shot put. So I just thought it was hilarious that she was black. So I just, I just went on stage. I was like, she wasn't even on the team. She was just walking by. She's like, hey, what's this right? You know what I mean? 
<laughs> she's, yeah, she's holding a Starbucks in her hand. That's <laughs> hilarious. Right now. <laughs> and I was like, and it worked. I mean, I did that in front of a huge crowd. I didn't write it down. I was That's just funny, like, man. It became, the joke ended up becoming, I knew she was going to win based on the fact that she's a black woman with anger. I said, ain't nothing like a black anger. And the people started laughing at that. I said, and then, yeah, I don't even tell them she wasn't, and that's when I go, she wasn't even on the team. She was just walking by like, hey, who left this motherfucker? <laughs> we got a winner. <laughs> and then I just have her on the phone like, girl, you got to come to Brazil. <laughs> it's crazy. It sounds like that you have a very natural, uh, positive and curious way about you where you're, you're not, um, the roadblocks come up for all of us. Everybody. And, and, and I think that's just stay positive. I try to tell people stay positive, man. Um, if you could be positive. I've had so many, since I've been working, I've worked with a lot of writers, different showrunners. People always ask me like, yo, how's this writer in terms of another job? And they want to know, are they good in the room? Or are they good on paper? That's the two things people ask me. Good in the room means, is are they positive? positive or they just negative or they just a nag in the room or they pain. it's people that, that they, they might be good writers but they're not good in the room meaning right. that they just a pain in the neck but they fan they can they can bang a paper out you know what i'm saying but they just don't want to hang with them for 10 weeks you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah so you know 20 weeks you gotta be locked in a room with this person i don't want to be locked in a room with them well mark did you ever have a breaking point though like where it was like i can't i i, I don't want to do this anymore did you ever have a moment like uh, that Man, I mean, there was times I actually, yeah, I think there was times where, where my son was born and I started doing cruise ships. I never wanted to do cruise ships, but I, it was money. And I think after I did, I, I auditioned for Santa Live as a writer and I didn't get it. I was just like, man, I don't know what else I'm going to do. And I was just, I actually applied to be a substitute teacher because my mother's a principal, my sister teaches. I got a bunch of teachers in my family. So I was like, I could teach, you know what I'm saying? So maybe I'll do that on the side and while I wait to this opportunity. So that was that was mainly my low point, I think, in, in terms of me with this. And then after that, I just uh, it just took off. This yeah. is yeah. this has been amazing, man. Um, thank you for spending time with us, brother. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I um, anything that we far stand up is coming up. That we yeah, can anything see. you want to you want to oh, yeah well i tonight i'm doing my first show <laughs> in like the longest time first show in the city in i think like a, a year and a half mo oh my goodness at the uh, wow. at the strip at the comic strip but um Man, I, I wish i was i wish i, I know yo, but uh we, we um we're going to be on tour i just don't know the dates so i can't even say uh because the dates are moving because of covid but we were supposed to be on tour right now with tracy um but it should be november december ish Somewhere in there, we should Friday, be touring the country, and every week we'll be we'll, hit, we'll be hitting dates. Also, got um, season uh, four of the last OG should be coming out. We ha we don't have an air date yet, but we've just finished shooting. We're in the editing process right now, uh, um, so hopefully that's in September. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mark. All right, Mark. Thanks so much, man. Really appreciate. Hey, it. thank you, Mike. Thank you, Masabi. Always, bro. All right, brother. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. All right, thanks, All man. Right. Take Bye. care. Okay, Mo, let them know how they can support us. Make sure to subscribe to Comedy Anatomy and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Comedy Anatomy and on Twitter at Comedy underscore Anatomy.